All right, before we kick off the podcast today, we need to talk to Jacob two times. Yes, we do. Hello. Hey, Holly, guess what? What, Jacob? I can't wait to beat you in my game tomorrow, Jacob's Jukebox Jeopardy. Have you heard about this, Miguel? I forgot about this. So I'm going to be doing a guest stint over on Drew Garabo Live tomorrow to go up against Jacob for some music trivia. Oh, really? I'm already resigned to losing, so let it be known. Be prepared, Holly. I I don't even know that there's any way I can be prepared to go up against you, Jacob. I'll be honest. (laughs) Jacob. I Do got you think points last week, Miguel? Oh, Can wow. you believe it? Wow, you're going to be unbeatable here, Holly, and you're pretty good at guessing uh, music. I am, but I th- I just can't think of a, of a, any scenario where I beat <laughs> Jacob two times. It, it's 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 going to be just you know kind of embarrassing for me, but wow. I'm excited. Well, well, just be ready, Holly. Well, just be ready to lose, Holly O'Connor. Oh, oh Jacob now got Jacob that trash, trash talk. talking. Well, we'll see. Well, I'll give you a run for your money. Well, Holly, guess what, Holly? Um, if if you're on the radio and Drew tells me to turn it off, guess what? What? I would never turn it off because you're on it, Holly. That's oh, I love it. Thank so you, sweet. Jacob. I'm excited to do this. I, I thank you for reminding me because I didn't realize it was already going to be tomorrow for and this. What time does it happen? Three o'clock. Three it o'clock. happens at 3 p.m., Miguel. All right. All right. So if you are listening to this and if you miss it, it'll be on the uh, Bone app. Mm. Um, but it'll be 3 p.m. Uh, Wednesday, September 2nd. Correct. So Second. make sure to be listening. Yep. Awesome. Well, Jacob, introduce everybody to the podcast they're listening to right now. You're listening to the Holly Podcast with Miguel, <laughs> featuring Miguel Fuller oh. on 1015. Hey, as long as I'm featuring, you let's get that get feature it. tag. Yes. Unscripted, unshackled, uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel Fuller. I would show anything. I'd show my hee hee and my hoo hoo oh. and my ha ha. <laughs> Holly O'Connor. Hey, Daddy, you want to take this to the bedroom? <laughs> and Scotty the Body. I am officially not only the grill daddy, but I'm a hot grill daddy. Oh, wow. It's the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only from Hot 101.5, Tampa Bay's new hip music. Yeah, that's how you start a damn podcast. Hey. Thank you, Jacob, for helping us kick off our Wednesday edition. And Holly, good luck on your Jeopardy or music trivia later today. It will be a huge loss for me, but I'm excited to see this, uh, how it goes down. It's going to be good. We got Scott joining in from Vero Beach. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Hanging out. On a scale (laughs) of one to ten, how bored are you right now? I'm I'm up there. I'm a solid eight. I'm oh. running out of stuff to do, but I'm being productive. I've read like two books already. I'm oh. working out. I'm um, just doing what I can. I know. Uh, so if you don't listen to our regular on-air show, we do uh, this thing called TikTok Tuesday where Scott will find a TikTok video for us to do, and then we'll do like a little challenge, and then we debut them Wednesday morning on the show. Uh, well, last night after I did my TikTok video, <laughs> I saw like you did three other TikToks and these weren't just like, oh, here's a funny thing that just happened to me. It was like, 
here's a TikTok with me taking pictures with my dog. Right. Here's a TikTok of me just making crazy faces. Like you put some thought into them. Yeah, I was like, are you okay, bro? What's going on? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just like in a mood where I just don't care what I post or what I do and I'm bored. So I'm just going to put up whatever I want and whatever I'm feeling in that moment. And I'm just like, why don't I just do dumb TikToks? Because they have all these effects that I never try. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, let me give it a shot. Yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with it. I was just like, this is the sign of someone who doesn't have anything to do. Yeah. We need to figure out with our engineers, because, I mean, depending upon what your results are, I mean, you could be out for a little bit from the studio. So we need to figure out how to get you on the air and just not on your phone. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Probably so. So maybe you should work on that today. That There's a project for you. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that, but I don't know how they would get me connected because I'm all the way in Vero. And so, like, I feel if they're going to give me the technology, like, how are they going to get it to me? You might have to They put it in the box and then you come get it and then you got to go back. The box? Oh, my gosh. I mean, what else are you doing? <laughs> You're just sitting. You I, know, well, I, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm waiting to see. I wouldn't want to drive three hours here and three hours back just for the damn box. Well, listen, if he's going to be out for two weeks. Well, it wouldn't wouldn't be two weeks now, though, right? Wouldn't have been two weeks from the onset of symptoms. I mean, but then you have to get also like at least, was it one or two? There's a policy we have with our company. Like you have to get one or two negative tests after if if we're saying if you test positive Mm. for it because you're still waiting on results almost a week later. as a quick side note, we've had a couple people in the Miguel and Holly DMs say that there are, like, rapid testing places available. I don't know if they're available in Vero, but there are rapid tests available in Tampa Bay where they can let you know within 24 hours. Yeah, I, I want to do those ones. Actually, I don't know if I'd be able to, though, because, well, I actually I just bought health insurance for myself. Oh, Like, oh. just in case anything were to happen, but I don't think it covers that. So that's why I went, like, the cheapest route possible because... Like, I can't afford to pay because I've heard ridiculous numbers for, like, the instant test. Maybe that's not true or if you have insurance. But, like, if I didn't, it would cost, like, 100 bucks, And, you know, I'd rather just wait five days for results than pay over potential rent money. Poor guy. That's, we we yeah. in a tough spot. We in a <laughs> yes. tough spot. Well, yeah. let that be a little project today. Um, I mean, and maybe yeah. what you can do is, like, find um, – like a cheap microphone or something that we can have sent to you at your house because you have your work laptop. And so there is a way, there is a way for us to figure, we just got to figure it out. See what they can come up with. Yeah. And I was going to ask too, so you got the test done on Friday, right? Yes. Now, is it two to five business days or just two to five days to get the results? I thought it was two to five days, but what it's looking like since it's already, what is it, Wednesday? It's Wednesday's the fifth day. So, yeah. I'm assuming that they're probably mean business days. So I guess I should be getting it either like today, tomorrow. But if I test positive, I probably will like do that where I reach out to the engineers and I'll just have them like put it somewhere. And I will drive back this weekend if need be and just grab it and turn around. Like yeah. as much as I don't want to drive that far and then just drive right back, I've got to do what I got to do. Sorry, you can't come in the house. Mm. No, that makes sense. And it's working out very well because my dad even said it to me yesterday. He's like, because he's able to go to the hospital every day now and actually spend time with my mom. And he's only able to do that and stay there so long because I'm at the house to take care of everything else and mm. take care of the dogs and take them out. So it's 
weirdly, like, I mean, the Lord works in mysterious ways, but this has been, I guess, the biggest help just to make sure that my dad could do all that and take care of those other things while I'm home. So, Wow. Well, well that's, that's good. That's something. Yeah. How is your mom? She is doing, you know, well, compared to when I first came into town, she's doing remarkably better. Just, you know, she's awake. She's able to talk and she's kind. She's there enough where, like, my dad gave her the phone and she, you know, even commented on my video on Facebook. So those are all great signs. She's still a little loopy with, you know, whatever's happening in her body. So I'm still able to talk to her on the phone when my dad goes over there, which just makes my world a thousand times better. But, you know, luckily those things are up, and now it's like now the real, like, race begins pretty much of like, okay, Mm -hmm. like got to get her stronger and got to figure out how to do this transplant. So is it going to be a partial one or a full one, or do you all know yet? So my dad did talk to the doctor, and it's going to have to be a full one. It's There's no partial that's going to be able to make this thing work. So mm. that kind of sucks because I was really hoping that, you know, if there was a way to do the partial, you know, let's start doing the testing. And if I need to give, you know, part of mine, here, take it. Mm-hmm. But now we do need a full one. And that process, it's just, it's scary to look online, but you also do want to kind of know what you're going into. And some people get it pretty easily and some people wait forever and they never get it so we're you know really high up on the list of priority but we just got to get there and that process who knows how long that could take but we don't know how much time we have so that part's freaky but luckily my mom is getting stronger as the days are going by and that's really good to hear especially from the doctors are even surprised to see her progress so that part is great but Now we just got to get our transplant. And so is it a situation, do you know yet, where is she just going to be in the hospital until that happens? Or are they just sort of getting her stronger and healthier to be able to come home while waiting on a liver? I think what they're talking about is whenever she's strong enough, she'll come home. But then, yeah, waiting I don't know how great that sounds. It's just weird even thinking of that picture right now because she's nowhere near being able to come home. But if she does come home, there will be some way of, like, we're going to have to get some in-home care or somebody from the family is going to have to be here to make sure that we are doing all we can to keep her strong and make sure that we're keeping an eye on her until we could get that transplant. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, I imagine that's got to be a difficult thing to think on, too, because it's like – there are services and care that can be done at a hospital that you yeah. can't do at home. Um, or if you do, you're talking bringing in equipment and, and, and um, health care assistance. So it's a, it's a t- tough spot to be in. I just I feel so bad for your mom and I feel so bad for your family right now because it's just like this heavy thing that hangs over. So I'm yeah. with you. I'm, I mean, my heart's just- with you. It's hard to look at it because it's, it's just such a huge mountain that we're going to have to overcome, but there's a way to do it, and it's just literally we're figuring it out every day, and when we get there, we'll figure out those parts, but right now, it get, like the whole focus is like, okay, let's make sure that you are you know, getting stronger while you're there, and so far you have been, so let's just make sure that continues happening. That's the main focus now. Mm. Well, please keep... Um 
you know, when you if you feel comfortable checking in with Abe because his family went through that with his dad's uh, transplant and just all the emotions that you're feeling. And because I when Abe and I got together, it was like maybe six months after everything like was good and his uh, body took to the liver like the and dust his, had settled. It, the dust had settled and everything was fine. Um, so I wasn't there to see like all of what his family went through because of it. Um, but he's a really great resource because um, he asks about yeah. you every day. Um, that's like one of the first things he asks about when he comes home from work. He's like, how's Scott doing? How's his mom? What's the update? What's going on? Um, so use him and lean on him as a resource if you need it. Oh, no, I absolutely will. And a lot of people reached out with great resources and I'm so appreciative of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely going to use it. It's just, you know, it's hard to even get to that point yet of, you know, all those things that go into the transplant. We're like, right now, we're not even there yet. Right. So I'm like, okay, like, I hope that we're able to get there and use these resources right now. We just got to find out when that's going to happen. So mm. it's just so weird because it's not like a definite thing. It's not like, oh, yeah, you're guaranteed to have this you know, all work out. That's the hardest part of all of it. It's like, okay, well, we're going to do everything we can to make it work out, but mm. we don't know. And right. that part is just terrifying. I know. Mm. Well, we are sending you some love and mm-hmm. comfort and positive energy. Yes. And whatever you need. Oh, yeah. I'm taking it. I'll take it all, all the time. Mm. Um, Do you want to hang out on the podcast or do you want to go? I know it kind of is annoying to be on your phone, but if you want to hang out, you can. Or if you want to go do, if you need something to go do something else. I don't have anything else to do. I'll, I'll be on the podcast. <laughs> like, please, God, give me something. Give me something to do. Please. I know. I feel bad. I want to do something where at least if we can't figure out how to get you on the show, where like we have Skype set up or something on one of the computers in here, um, because I I need you a lot. And so then having to like text and I feel bad because I'm never that short with text. But like during the show, I'm just like, I'm like, tweet this, edit this. Do this. It's It's like, you know, it's fast paced. Mm -hmm. It is. It's our show moves so fast. I would love to be able to whenever in five years when we can finally have people in studio sort of see what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. Because I was just thinking the other day when I left here um, and especially with Scott being gone, you know, we have to sort of absorb what you do. And I feel like because there's two things happening. You're gone, and so we're absorbing what you do. And then I've, uh, I'm on the first week of this diet, and so my energy level isn't where it normally is. And so when I leave here, I am just, like, dead. Like, I had to go to the post office yesterday to send some stuff out and return something to Amazon for Abe, and it took every ounce of energy just to go to the post office. It was almost like I had to motivate myself, like, like when I do when I go to the gym. Like, Miguel, I, you talked to me on the phone a couple of times yesterday. And both times in my head, I thought, something is wrong with me. <laughs> it sounded like you were near death. I mean, I like, so tired. you sounded really rough. And I was like, oh, my God, I hope everything is okay. <laughs> now no. you're just tired. Yeah, it's just the combination of just there's not a break during the show now with you being gone. And then yeah. on this new diet where my body is adjusting. Um, but thankfully, after this first week, I go into the second phase where I'm reintroducing reintroducing vegetables and healthy fats and stuff like that. So that'll sort of fuel my energy. Uh, but right now, I'm just like, like, even right now, I'm just Your like. Your body's in shock. Your oh, body's yeah. like, wait, Ooh. you going to stop feeding us? <laughs> 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 Bitch. 
Okay. Right. That's what your body is right mm. now. But you'd bitch. Be, but bitch. But you'd be proud of me, Scott, if you saw what I was cooking for dinner every night. I'm getting up yes. like you and making eggs in the morning. Um, so Heck yes. So getting into some new habits. So it's been really cool. Um, Holly, how are you doing? I'm okay. Um, it's been an interesting at home time. I told my therapist because I had a therapy appointment yesterday and I told her like, I just feel sometimes stretched so thin because of my, my personal life. Right. Um, and then I was like, I have a couple things to talk about. I'm like this, this, this and work. We got so wrapped up in the other, this is that I never did get to work Mm. with her. But, um, it's like this whole situation with my mom. I feel like it's just been getting worse. Now I took her to see Dr. Upshaw, um, two weeks ago. And so, because, you know, he and I had had a conversation about how she's, and I, I I'm like, keep reaching out to people. Cause I'm like, there's something wrong. Like th- this is not right. And I, I feel like people see her and she's so good at putting on a show mm-hmm. at the doctor's office. They're right. like, she looks great. Right. She sounds great. I'm like, y- yes, mm-hmm. right now she does look and sound great. Right. But what about like 7.30 last week when she came down and was screaming at us for nonsensical reasons and there was no, and it was like she kept pushing me until I snapped and then she would turn around and be like, I don't know why you're mad. And I'm mm. like, this is this is crazy. This right. is crazy. So she saw Dr. Upshaw. We decided to start peeling back some of the mountain of medications that she's on and has been on since her big, you know, medical thing back in 2017, uh, the brain surgery. So um, he took her off like the most recent prescription a doctor had put her on and we're lowering another of her prescriptions because she was at toxic levels of it. Mm. Like her regular doctor had prescribed. It's like an antidepressant. And when I told him back when she was in, like, the rehab center, I'm like, she's very anxious and depressed. He just doubled it. Oh. And Oh, goodness. Like, a normal dose of this medication, like, the highest is, like, 60 milligrams a day. She's on 80. Oh. And uh, Dr. Upshaw was like, this particular medication, if you are already suffering from a brain injury, can actually aggravate anxiety and depression. And I was Mm. like, well, that's just great. (laughs) And like, that's what the thing is with general practitioners, they're not psychiatrists. So they're just like, well, and they don't look at like maybe the whole, like, for example, you're not going to go get braces from a dentist. You're going to go to an orthodontist. Same thing where it's like, I should have had her going to a psychiatrist. And I've tried this. I did in the past, but it was almost too late because her regular doctor had prescribed uh, too many. It's I will say since we took her off a couple, you know, things, I've only had like one crazy blow up since then. I'm just nervous for today because we're doing a lot of construction work in her bathroom Mm -hmm. to try to get her bathroom fixed, which I think has been really aggravating her. Um, And I think that type of stress can send her into one of these little episodes. So Mm. I'm just very anxious and nervous about what to expect when I go home today to see if she is crazy or not. How long are they going to be there? Is it like an all-day thing they're there? I'm not 100% sure. Apparently, they're already there. They got there about 9 o'clock this morning. What they're doing is ripping up her bathroom floor Mm -hmm. to open it up for the plumbers to come in tomorrow and Friday to fix, you know, whatever is wrong. And we're hoping that it's not like a gigantic, complete rehaul, that it's like we're able to get in there, fix a, a, a specific part of the plumbing, and then maybe just patch it back up right it all remains to be seen 
Oh, gosh. So that's how I am. I mean, you know, other than that, like, I feel like that's sort of been the forefront. And I'm going through therapy and trying to figure out, you know, where I fit into the mess of how my mom got this way. And just as a little aside, I feel like I had a really good breakthrough yesterday in therapy because there's a thing and we just, this term was introduced to me. It's called empathic reversal. Hmm. Where as a child, if you have to become the caregiver to your parent, it kind of screws you up for life a little bit. Mm. Um, where it's like, you know, I I told my therapist and this is like some deep, just personal me stuff, which again, don't think I don't, I love my mother, but again, this is part of it, me feeling like I have to apologize, but I have grown up like most of my, from probably the, when my brother was born on just feeling so bad for my mom mm. because she's been through a lot. I mean, right. you know, she had a rough childhood. She had a, go went through a lot of shit with my dad. Um, you know, she got pregnant with my brother very like if she was 41, I think, then had breast cancer. Then, then, you know, she got to, she and my dad divorced. He, he was, you know, they got split up. Then uh, she met, re-met back up with this guy who turned out to then be my new stepdad. It's it, like, I just have felt bad for her for her whole life. Mm-hmm. And so that sort of relationship is not healthy when you're the child. Right. Because, and it's, and it's not like, like, yes, maybe she had innate tendencies to need someone and I'm, I know she didn't do this to me on purpose, but she made me her person. Mm. And so the roles were reversed, which is why I have such good memories of her up until that time of being like this great, you know, nurturing mother. And then from about the age of like, you know, nine or 10 when my brother was born or eight when he was born and then 10 when she had cancer and got divorced, I basically started being her protector. Right. The secondary mother to my brother, like the... I was, wait, I wrote this down and it really hit me. Hold on so Mm. I can get it for you. Hold on. The love I received as a child was dependent on soothing others' pain. Mm. And it really hit me. I Mm -hmm. mean, yesterday was a a lot of crying. And again, I I don't say all this to be like, well, screw my mom. Like, you, you can't do better until you know shit like this. Right, because there's a cycle. There is a cycle. And I'm, I feel good because I'm in the process of breaking it. Right. I thought years ago when I discovered like Super Soul Sunday and there was like something more that I had been missing mm-hmm. about who I am and like getting in touch with your soul. That was just cracking the door open. Right. This therapy that I've been going to for over a year now, we're just now getting to this. Mm. It's like it's. It's hard. It's not like you go to therapy two sessions and then you're like, I'm good. Thanks. I'm like just now getting to this. And this is now the root of this stuff where hopefully I can heal my mom's wounds. Not for her. I I hate to say this, but it's like kind of too late. So it's just like making her mentally comfortable. Right. She cannot do the work of like getting to this deep because it's so intense. Mm -hmm. But I can heal that heal myself and then spare my daughter from continuing into this part. Right. And it's a fucking lot of work. Sorry, excuse my language. No, it's fine. Um, And again, like, I never would have thought that I'd be having any type of issue like this with my mom, who I always assumed was, you know, just the perfect person. But that's part of it, too. Right. Like, when you become your parent's person, it's a... And I like this is so difficult because it's your mom, but it's like a level of abuse, mm-hmm. like emotional abuse, because it's right. like, help me, fix me. And like your child can't. 
do that, which is what I talked about on the air today. I have a right to my pain because what I always do is like, I don't deserve to feel bad. Mm -hmm. And I told my therapist, I'm like, my biggest fear is becoming a victim. Like, I don't want to be in this victim mentality of like, oh, woe is me or life's not fair. And I'm like, no, screw that. Like, I'm taking responsibility. She's like, just because you take responsibility, that doesn't mean that you don't get to feel victimized sometimes. Mm. doesn't make you a victim, but Mm -hmm. that's a feeling and you have a right to it and you have a right to your pain. So feel that pain and then know that you have a right to only your pain. Right. You don't have to carry your moms anymore. So it's a really big self-discovery therapy session yesterday. No, that I feel like I don't care who you are what upbringing you had everyone has issues yes because everyone's parents went through stuff and here's the thing with our parents so like if you're in your 30s or in your 20s like scott you know your parents are in their 50s or 60s they're coming from a generation to where you didn't talk about anything no and i really feel like i've been digging a lot into this because for some reason i've just been so fascinated ever since outlander and watching shows rooted in that time from like the 30s, 40s, or 50s um, because I'm so fascinated in how we have evolved when it comes to dealing with emotions, talking about emotions. We didn't do it well, let me tell you that much. We didn't. We didn't. (laughs) And so now, because of the Industrial Revolution and how convenient and how we have jobs, like we get paid to talk for a living. Right. So when we're done and late, we got the rest of our day to sort of do stuff. Whereas before, back with our parents or before them, they were out in the fields working. They were in the factories working all day. And so they didn't have time to sit around and be like, so how did your mom scar you? Right. Nobody had time to sit around and be like, you know what? How, How did we get this way? My grandfather was up in the steel mill, like making steel beams. Right. And yeah. obviously he wasn't like digging into his nonsense. No. When I say nonsense, I mean real like at life. Right. But he wasn't digging into that. So he just kept passing and that's what you do. Trauma runs downhill. So I mean it's like a forest fire. It's just right. going through. So then all his stuff and all my grandmother's stuff, good lord, she had a lot. Mm-hmm. Just threw it right on my mom. And it's not like you don't do a little bit better. Like my my grandmother was abusive to her children. Mm-hmm. Um in multiple ways so they had horrific childhoods I I can't even imagine so my mom and my auntie Pearl did the best they could for their kids and were not abusive in some of those other ways Mm -hmm. but were unknowingly abusive in different ways so it's like the trauma shifts and changes and it still flows though until you have a cycle breaker which is what I am Mm -hmm. and I feel like Scott is and Miguel, once you start to get to work on, you know, your internal self, you will be. Right. Um, we have a generation, I think, of cycle breakers because we know more about mental health. And by learning about where all your own trauma comes from, it starts healing up the tree and then down. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it makes sense. And again, I'm, and that's why I, I feel so fearful of like. I'm not trying to blame anybody and I'm not trying to be a victim, but I do have pain and I do have trauma. It's different than what my mom went through, Mm -hmm. but it exists. And until I deal with it and get to the root of it and then even get to the root of hers, which helps me figure out mine, I can't, you know, I'll, 
still stumble along the way right. parenting my child. Well, and I think it, it, it affects you in so many different ways that you don't even think about. Um, and I'm sort of, as I'm trying to, like, find a therapist now, I'm sort of, like, making notes of things that I, my behavior, and especially in my relationship, because we are about to reach uh, three years. It's a big. And so I'm noticing sometimes that I, I do things that if I were Abe, I would look at it as, like, not fair. Like, why are you doing this? And this is a perfect example of, like, mm. we usually watch whatever I want to watch. Like, mm-hmm. you know, okay, Scott. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, I'll always ask Abe, you know, what do you want to watch? Or do I'll show him a trailer. Do you like this? Um, and he'll be like, yeah, sure. And I know he probably doesn't want to watch it, but I always try to, like, be like, include him in the process. And so this past weekend, um, I just pulled up the show uh, Lucifer mm. that's on Netflix. A lot of people have been talking about it. And I knew, I know it was on Fox. Now it's on Netflix. Well, um, we watched, like, half of the first episode, and I was kind of like, uh, it's not really, I'm not really, like, drawn into it. And I didn't say that out loud because we had to, like, stop midway through and do something else. And later the next day, Abe was like, oh, well, this can be, like, our new show we can watch together. And I was like, no, I don't ah! want to watch it. No, nope, no, nope, I don't, no, nope, no. Nope. We're going to have to find something else. After you already dragged nope. him into it. Yep. So uh-huh. then... The next day, I think it was yesterday when I was sitting around being tired and I was thinking and I was like, how fucking rude of me to say that? Like, he goes along with every plan I make, every TV show I want to watch. And yes, is he probably okay with it because he doesn't like making the decision at the end of the day? He's like, whatever you want to watch is fine. But still, I didn't even acknowledge the fact that, like, he was into the show and he enjoyed it. And how many times have I just drug him along, you know? And so then I was like, I want to know why in that moment did I make that call? Mm. Like, why did I not take a beat to consider what he was feeling when I do it? In so many other ways, I feel like. But when it comes to that, I I don't. And so those are like the little things that I'm sort of like mentally tagging and saying, okay, what was that call? Because there is something there, I feel like, about how um, with the way I was brought up and how my mom, when she, and I mean, we've had her on the podcast before and she listens. So she, and she knows that when I was very young, she was still living the good life. She was in her early 20s or late 20s at that point, and she wasn't ready to calm down and be the quote-unquote traditional mom. So I spent a lot of time with my grandmother or with my mom or with my uncles or aunts. And so I feel like that's like my my comfort is mm. like my TV mm-hmm. and what this other world that I can jump into. And if I can't find that I can escape in it, then I don't want to be in it. And so that's why I'm like, I need to dig more into this and figure it out. And see, that's a really great, that's like the thread right there. So once you start to pull at that, one facet of your relationship with your mom and your relationship with yourself as a child and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm I'm learning. So like in my head, I'm visualizing you sort of like walking around a building and like you've, you've been able to open a door and like take a couple of steps in. But there's a whole room and maybe like a second floor that you got to develop there mm. to figure out why we do these things. Because I'm sure, and just from hearing this, I'm sure that Abe has some sort of thing coming back to his childhood right. where 
he sounds sometimes a lot like me, mm-hmm. which <laughs> works out for you. Right. <laughs> um, but like for me, and I'm putting myself in his shoes, so this could be totally different, but just as an example. Mm-hmm. So for me, when you and I live together, same type of situation, right? I just right. like went along with whatever you want to watch. Right. And I'm still that way in my current relationship. I'm just like, I, like you do what you want. Right. Because again, like as a child, it, I got love by helping other people feel happy. Mm. So I like, it's almost like an, it's, it's, you don't even think about it. Right. You don't know why you do these things. They're like reflexes. But for someone like Abe or someone like me, it's like, I would rather have a happy partner mm. and it doesn't matter to me that much, but because we've never really learned, like for me anyway, this is not Abe, but this is me. I never really learned what I like on my own because right. It was made clear to me that I was worthy of love and it was a good thing for me to put other people first. Mm. So it's like that's my operating MO. Now, am I like that anyway as a human? Yes, I'm predisposed to it. So having been raised by someone that enforced it, I'm like super 5,000 people pleaser. Just do you. Right. But there are reasons why I'm that way. There's reasons why Abe's that way. Mm. And it just meshes well with the reasons why you are the way you are. Mm. So, like, you couldn't be with another alpha, like, no. you know, person. Like, let's say someone who had the same type of trauma as you with watching TV, you would not get along. Right. Well, that's like my friend Derek when he lived with us for a little bit. And he's very much like the alpha person, too. He likes to control mm-hmm. his house. And so he would always be like, "Ooh, well, let's watch this or let's watch this. And I'd be like, bitch, you got a TV downstairs and I pay for cable to go to your room. So you can go downstairs and watch whatever the hell you want to watch. Yeah. See, that wouldn't have. (laughs) No, that would not have worked at all. And it works because weirdly your traumas kind of work with each other. But what's really beautiful is when you can get to a point in your relationship when you both dig into why you're that way Mm. and know it about the other. Right. It makes it so much even better because then you're like, okay, now I know. Now you, we all know. And let's like work with it. Let's go. Scott, have you noticed anything like that in your relationship with Mary? Yeah, I, we've definitely had shifts when we first started dating where like somebody would make more decisions than the other person. And like I knew that I guess we had to find each other's voice and where we stood with certain things because it was very easy for me to like put off that she would let me just make decisions on certain things. And like, especially at the big time with like food or TV shows where it's like, just pick or it doesn't matter. And taking that to another level where like, I do remember certain conversations where it's like, you know, she would say, I don't care. Or I would say, I don't care. And we finally had that switch where we're like, wait, you probably do care. You're like, what is that reason why you're just putting mm-hmm. it off? Like, why yeah. do you actually not care in this moment? Or are you just saying that, because you know, like, I'm picky. And we did have those discussions because either one of us would, like, not like a certain food item. And that we had that breakthrough where it was like, wait, we'll just say that then. Because if you don't want that, we won't go get it. Like, I don't need to force my way in here and have this certain option if you don't like it. And you're just saying, I don't care, just so you don't make me feel like my option's bad. Like, we'll find something together with it. And so, like, that was very early on in the relationship. And now, there's definitely been a turn since we've been long distance on understanding, especially how we process different stress factors in our life and what we need from that supporting role, because it also has changed from when we're in person to where we are now and having to do all our communication through the phone. And 
a big part of it was, again, that same thing of, like, your front wall that you put up in the beginning of a stressful situation that, like, I'm fine, that key, quote-unquote, I'm fine, I'll get through it. Instead, like, for me, it was very easy for me to take that right up front and be like, okay, well, you're fine, well, let's keep moving on. Right. Instead of finally learning that it was like, wait, no, that is your wall that you have up right now because you feel like you have to do this alone. I'm not even going to say anything else until like that second beat where that's where she'll start explaining what her stresses are, what are going on in her life. And we did the same thing the other day with everything happening with my mom. And she did it too, where she, she literally just texted me saying like, Hey, like I'm not going to constantly bombard you to give me updates. I hope you know that I'm constantly thinking about what's going on in your life. But I also realize, like, you'll give me updates when you feel like it because she's very right. Like, I don't want to talk about it all the time, but there are moments where I will keep her updated and she's right up to be, to be there to talk these things through. So it's kind of like understanding, like, taking back that first layer and knowing where each other are at and when we want to talk about certain things. Yeah, mm. so important. It's important to be, and that's what, when people are like, oh, communication, and, and we talked about it on the show where we're like, yeah, what does that mean for you? Right. Communication, that is the easiest thing yeah. to throw out when you say what makes a good relationship work. Oh, communication. Do you know what it means to communicate? Most people don't. No, because actually. Exactly. no one's taught you. Because right. here's the thing is that we teach Science, arts, humanities, how all that other stuff. Write the English language. Right. How to use it properly to speak. But like, what are you saying? Right. Like, what are the, what's the meaning? What's the feeling behind the words that are coming out of your mouth? So, like, when you say, I'm upset, it's not just, oh, I had a bad day. Something triggered that to happen. Maybe something happened that morning or there was something that made you feel that way. Help me understand that. And I'm not saying that every single day you got to do it because there are some days where Abe comes home and it's just like, <laughs> how was your day? Good. How was your day? Good. All right. Let's watch TV and eat dinner. Like, we're not about to go down and have like a really long. Doesn't happen every day. But right. as long as you're yeah. checking in pretty frequently. Right. Then you do know where, where you're at. Mm-hmm. And, and you those can... days of silence are fine. Right. When you just need to sit down and watch something that you both have mutually agreed upon to watch. Correct. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, goodness. I'm well, excited that... for you to find a therapist, Miguel. I really am. I am, too. I'm really disappointed that the one that I contacted two weeks ago mm. and then finally yesterday was like, Hey, my uh, practice is on hold for COVID. Why did I feel like this person was like wearing a Hawaiian shirt <laughs> and drinking a, like a, a cocktail out of a out of a hollowed out pineapple? Yeah. Just saw the message and was like, "Oh, <laughs> COVID time!" Sorry, crazy. Yeah, I'm like, Ugh, now back to the drawing board of uh, finding a therapist. So, well, Scott, we miss you. Yes, we do. I miss y'all. Um, Hopefully be back one day. One, one day. day. Uh, but yeah, uh, talk to the engineers today and let's see how we can get you like on Skype in the studio or something. I don't know. They can All right. Out. Yeah. I'll shoot out an email and uh, get that process started. Awesome. Cool. Uh, Holly, what's all your social media? Radio Holly on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And if you're on Facebook, you can just type in Holly on Hot 101.5. Scott? At Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N. 
Mine is Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R on Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat. Don't forget, you can always shoot me an email. Just say platypus, mm. and we can get you a Miguel and Holly sticker. And that's Miguel at Hot1015TampaBay.com. Um, is it weird being on the phone for the entire podcast, Scott? It's a little weird. Well, it's like I realize that there's like a little bit of a delay for my responses. And so mm. I try to just until I really have something to say, I just don't say because I don't want it to be like one of your mid sentences. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, no. So it's a little weird. But I realize that it's like I have to work with this situation. Well, we'll figure it out. Let's talk to the engineers and figure it out. <laughs> All right. Okay. Bye. Catch up, catch, up, catch, up. catch up with the previous episodes of the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast from Hot 101.5. Just hit up the Hot 101.5 app, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Search Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Uncensored.